Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the opportunity we have to uh, be together tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the joy of this time of the year. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time as we celebrate your coming to this world, the incarnation of the Son of God. As we come tonight, Lord, now we... We thank you for those who join us uh, electronically. We pray that you'd bless them all in the various conditions they find themselves tonight. And all of our dear friends who are here tonight in this building, we pray for all the ministries and things that are going on around uh, the church building tonight. We pray that you'd bless our children and our youth and our other classes as they teach the Word of God and we carry out our duties and work in these times in which we live. Now, while we're all praying, uh, let's, let's do as we've been doing. Let's uh, pause and uh, whoever the Lord's put on your mind today, tonight, let's pause for a moment and, and pray for that person. So Heavenly Father, we present to you the person that's on our hearts and our minds right now. We all lift them and present them to you. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives. We thank you for the circumstances that they find themselves in, good or bad. We thank you for your grace and mercy and your kindness toward them all. Would you show your mercy and kindness to them? Would you save them if they need to be saved? Would you direct them, bring them back home to follow Jesus if they're far away and walking in darkness again and Wherever they find themselves, may they experience the comforting power of the Holy Spirit or the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. May they know that someone is praying for them, even if it's a stranger. They don't know, we don't know their name, but it's someone that you put on our heart. We pray for them tonight. We ask that your will and the glory of God will be done in their lives and that all that we do would bring honor to your name. May we truly celebrate Christmas this year with our families, recognizing the significance, the awesome, amazing significance of your great sacrifice, Lord Jesus, to come, to be one of us so that we might have life and hope. So we pray now that you'd bless our time in the Word of God, and may we be encouraged and challenged. May we seek to learn to live for Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Merry Christmas, good evening, good to see all of you, and I hope that you have a great, wonderful Christmas with your family. If you'll find your place in the book of Ephesians tonight, uh, we'll be looking tonight at, uh, I want to come tonight to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, say some things to you about perhaps a subject you've not ever thought about. Maybe you have. Tonight I want to talk to you about the unimaginable riches of Christ the unimaginable riches of Christ. And so we must read uh, from Paul here. Uh, just a little background. Remember that Paul wrote the book of Ephesians while he was in jail for two years. Now think about this. The Lord called Paul. The Lord called him on the Damascus road, called him out. He was blinded. Uh, then he received his sight when uh, the brothers came to him and talked to him. He received Christ. He was baptized, he was discipled and trained, 
Then he began to preach and began to carry out his ministry. And the Lord said, I have plans for you. You'll speak before kings. Uh, and then here he is sitting in jail for two years. You know, two years is a long time. There he sat in jail, but he wasn't idle. He wrote the word of God. And some of the richest things we have from Paul came from jail. Now some of you are sitting at home complaining. I'm about to chase a rabbit for a minute, but this is a good one to chase. You're sitting at home complaining. You have nothing to do. Oh, you have lots to do. You can pray. You can study the Word of God. You can meditate on the Word of God. You can write cards and notes and texts and emails to people who need encouragement. There's lots for you to do. Lots for you to do. No Christian can say there's ever an idle time. Paul's in jail for two years and he writes, part of his time he writes this amazing letter of the Ephesians and he writes this letter from Rome, the richest city in the ancient world. That has significance. We'll see tonight that Paul uses the word rich multiple times in the book of Ephesians. You know, it's important for you when you study your Bible to look for words that are repeated and those patterns. This is the inspired word of God. It guides us in our thoughts. Tonight, my focal truth is this, very simple. The Lord Jesus Christ is the richest. The Lord Jesus Christ is the richest. So Paul says here, let's pick up and read some things together here, beginning in, well, we'll just read uh, these first verses, beginning in chapter 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you. Paul says, that's my ministry. You Gentiles are the, one, of the, one of the most knowledgeable Pharisees is given the ministry to the Gentiles. Does God have a sense of humor? Well, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief, verse 4, by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the secret of Christ, the mystery of Christ which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed to His holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, here's the mystery, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. What a mystery, what, a, what an amazing thing. Of which... I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of His power. Now here's our verse. I join Paul honorably in the rank of many others who have done this for many, many thousands of years. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which He carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord 
in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in Him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word. And may the Holy Spirit be our teacher tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you want to be rich? <clears throat> oh, Pastor Mike, I don't want to be rich. Oh, you know, people have busied themselves all day from Wall Street all the way across this country as the sun rose until it set, businesses, work, people going about doing what they're doing. And for many, their goal, their only single purpose in life is to be rich. Maybe you would say, well, I've been delivered from that, but has there ever been a time when you had as your number one goal to be rich? Do you want to be rich? What kind of riches are you seeking? Perhaps we ask our busy friends that busy themselves about things in the world. They don't have time to pray. They don't have time for the Word of God. They don't have time for Jesus. They don't have time for their family. They just work. Why do you work so hard? Why do you work so hard to get rich? What kind of riches are you seeking? Is it money? Is it real estate? Possessions? What is it you're seeking? I'm speaking to the American church. That's my assignment. The American church. Are you trusting in worldly riches? You're just hoping and praying that everything holds out so that all the money that you made and you paid, paid into the government, they'll take care of you. Your retirement will last you. Are you trusting in your worldly riches? You check it every day. You make sure it's all right. You might have a bank account. You even check that over at the bank. Is that money still there? You better watch out. It'll fly away. But what about considering and seeking spiritual riches? That doesn't seem to be as important, does it? Even though the reality is, whatever stuff you have, either the people after you are going to get rid of it, sell it, or they're going to keep it. And you won't have it anymore. But spiritual riches, that's another matter. That's another thing. Paul is surrounded, though he's rotting away in a hole in Rome. Uh, these prisons were not glamorous places. Yes, he had a rented home at the end of his ministry life for a while, uh, but he's in the Mamertine prison, and if you can go out and Google it, it's just a hole in the ground. But he's surrounded by the riches of Rome, the center of the world, because Rome ruled the world. And he begins to talk about riches, and he says, I have the opportunity to preach the unfathomable, I read from the New American Standard, the unfathomable riches of Christ. I say to you tonight, in order to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ is the richest. Now I intend to make my case. I did a little research today because we have lots of people that 
in our church are very good business people. And they're very much aware of money and riches and wealth and what it means. Just to give you some ideas of the wealth of the world. If you calculate the top five richest people in the world, each of them uh, making, or at least their worth is well over a hundred billion dollars a piece, B, billion. You have these five individuals who are, uh, their net worth together is seven hundred billion dollars and the Lord Jesus is richer than them all. I'm not done. If you take the top two nations of the world to measure well. See, some of you smart people who listen to me will go out and Google this to check my numbers. You go ahead and just go out there and Google them. You'll find it. I just did it. The United States has, is calculated, estimated to have $105 trillion worth of wealth. That's 30% of the entire wealth estimated for the world. And China has $17 trillion. Hear a lot about China today, don't we? So if you add uh, the United States and China together, you roughly come up with $222 trillion in our money, which is about 50% of all the wealth on the globe. But the Lord Jesus is richer than that. If you total the complete wealth estimated of the world uh, as of today, tonight, whatever today is, December, whatever it is, the total estimated wealth of the world in dollars is $360 trillion. But the Lord Jesus is richer than that. If you take these people of wealth, the nine wealthiest men uh, in the world, and you combine their income, their combined income is more than the poorest four billion people in the world. And the Lord Jesus is richer than them all. If you take the, if you take the creation, the entire the entire face of the globe, the actual landmass of the world, and all of the planets in our universe and the universes beyond that we've learned about from astronomy. And if you take all of the heavens and the stars and the expanse, and if you take all of the living creatures in this world, the animals, microscopic and also those that walk on the earth, fly in the air, swim in the sea, all the creatures and the invisible creation all around us, including mankind, it all belongs to the Lord Jesus. Because the Lord Jesus is the richest. Some people like to study about rich people. I don't know why. Because riches in the world corrupt you. But people are fascinated by rich people. They sit around, they don't do anything. They make their money off of other people. 
and come to be quite arrogant and proud people. That's why the Word of God has a lot to say about rich, to rich Christians like us. That's for another time. But here Paul begins to declare the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he uses this adjective. He says it is unfathomable. That's what I'm trying to give you. Do you, do you, do you and I comprehend what a billion dollars is really like? A hundred billion? Uh, do we really comprehend what 360 trillion dollars would be? See, that's not including the land, the possessions, the people, the animals, and all the rest that's a part of the created order. But all of that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ because He is the creator of all things. And if you are one of those fortunate ones to be wealthy, everything you have, by the way, has been granted to you for a while by the one who owns it all and who will always own it all. So you're a temporary holder. What do we call it? A steward. You've been given an assignment. How well are you taking care of the things which the Lord has placed in your hands? I stand tonight before you as I seek to do every time I preach in this pulpit to declare to you the glories and wonders of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't, we're thinking about the wrong things. We're thinking about the wrong things. Our minds are chasing all kinds of wrong things. Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God as the richest. Eternally the richest. And with that said, I, I'm doing this topically tonight so that you might just get a, a, a bird's eye view of the glories of the Word of God and what it says about the riches of Christ. For some of you, go home and study about this rich one. It'll change your life. You quit worrying about what you don't have because you're united to the richest. You belong to the richest. And this rich one always takes care of his own. You're worrying about the wrong things. And so it is our job to adjust our thinking. It's our job as Christians to think rightly. Not like the world. And the more you listen to the world, the more you'll think like the world. You have to establish for yourself boundaries on how much you listen to the world. We're here listening to the Word of God. This is what gives you stability and security and hope in a hopeless world. So the riches of Christ are greater than all of these things that I've sought to describe because the Lord Jesus Christ is the richest. Lord, you are the richest. Your riches are unfathomable. And how can I stand here as a simple man and try to explain the unfathomable riches of Christ? Well, I only can do it from the Word of God. And I hope it's a blessing to you. The Lord Jesus Christ, how is He rich? He is rich in goodness. What did Paul say to us describing uh, the Lord and His treatment of us all? He says in Romans chapter 2, uh, but do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and 
do the same yourself? That you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? It's because of the riches of Christ's kindness that we all had a chance to be saved. Now, I should say something about this Greek word rich. The word rich, the Greek word rich is a word that actually means wealth or abundance or fullness. It's translated in various ways. But you see, that describes the Lord Jesus. He is rich. He is wealthiest. He's the wealthiest. Maybe that's the word I should have used. The Lord Jesus Christ is the wealthiest. He is the, the Lord Jesus Christ is the one completely full, abundant, full. There's nothing lacking. He has everything. He is in Himself. All that He needs, He has in Himself. He is the wealthiest. He is the richest. And He is rich in goodness. And I am grateful tonight for the rich goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ that He allowed me to repent of my sins and continues to be good and kind to me as a preacher who sins, as a man who sins, and has to kill flesh, and if I don't, I'll sin. And I thank the Lord for His goodness tonight, so I give glory to God for the riches of the goodness of God. And you should too. The Lord Jesus Christ is rich in wisdom and knowledge. This is about your mind. This is about... There, there are many people who study hard the Word of God because they want knowledge, but they forget that knowledge leads to wisdom and to understanding. We've talked about those three words as they're linked together in the book of Psalms and also in the book of Proverbs. This is the pattern we teach our children. Knowledge leads to wisdom. Wisdom leads to understanding. If we don't teach our children that and our grandchildren, we fail to do our job. It's not just, well, just read the Bible so you know about the story of Exodus. Or read the Bible just so you know about the story of the Lord Jesus and how He came to the world and died on the cross. No, it's knowledge to wisdom to understanding. And here we have it. The Lord Jesus is rich, full, abundant in wisdom and knowledge. This is what Paul was saying as he was praising the Lord Jesus Christ in Colossians chapter 2. So much about the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ is found in the book of Colossians. And what does Paul say? He says, he prays that their hearts would be encouraged, Colossians 2, 2, having been knit together in love, attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ Himself. I'm going to read that sentence. In fact, go ahead. Some of you are looking at me rather than your Bible. Colossians 2, 2. You should take this verse. Now, Paul's writing a long sentence here. Now, he does that a lot. So you have to take it apart. Go ahead. Colossians 2, 2. This is the prayer Paul has for the Colossians. It's my prayer for this church. That your hearts may be encouraged... How's that, Mike? Well, that they'll be knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth. Here it is, spiritual wealth. You want spiritual wealth? You want something that lasts? By the way, the Lord said, don't, you know, don't, don't store up what you got on this earth thinking that's going to count. Store up riches in heaven where the moss and the rust doesn't decay it and thieves don't steal it. Look, look. 
Here's attaining to real wealth. It's full assurance of understanding. Do you have that about Jesus Christ tonight? Are you fully assured that whether you die tomorrow or today or live tomorrow, you have a full assurance of understanding, what a great phrase, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ Himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul uses these great words, wealth and treasures. Do you have, do you have them? Do you, have you discovered the wealth of full assurance in knowing Jesus Christ, no matter what your circumstances? And have you discovered what is hidden in the Lord Jesus Christ? All wisdom and knowledge, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Go, to, go and walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Read His words. Pay attention to what He has said for us to do and you will discover wisdom in your life. No matter, and no matter how old you are in here in this room, you need wisdom and you need knowledge. The Lord Jesus is rich in grace. Now we come back to Ephesians and we begin our exploration here. I should, I should have you read with me for just a moment here uh, the first few verses of uh, Ephesians uh, because it fills in this uh, amazing statement. Here, look at this beautiful, blessed be the God, Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Have you, oh, what, count your many blessings. See what God has done. You count your checks, you count your money, but do you count your blessings? Just as He has chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be wholly blameless before Him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, look, according to the riches of His grace. First, it's the riches of goodness. Second, it's the riches of wisdom and knowledge. Third, it's the riches of grace, which He, and I love this word, lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. You see, the Lord Jesus is rich in Grace. The Lord Jesus is, and I'm going to come back to Ephesians 1 here in just a moment. The Lord Jesus is rich in glory. Ephesians 1.18, that you may know what is the hope of, the call, of His calling and what is the riches of His glory of His inheritance in the saints. You have an inheritance, which is a part which ties you to the riches of, of the Lord Jesus' glory. that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. He, from the riches of the Lord's glory in heaven, He provides for our needs. From the riches of, of the Lord's glory in heaven, He gives us power. Some of you need that tonight. You're about to give up. And from the riches of His glory, He gives you an inheritance to come in heaven. The Lord Jesus is the richest. And He gives it to us all equally. And there's never any emptying or lacking in His riches. They are abundant and always abundant and always full. Lord Jesus Christ is rich 
He inherits all things. Hebrews 1-2, in the book of Hebrews, that great section where Paul talks about, in these last days, God has spoken to us through His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things. That's why He's the richest. He's the inheritor of all things. He's the maker of all things and the inheritor of all things. That is the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus is rich because He enriches His people. <clears throat> when people get rich in their family, you know, so you read these stories about people, they get rich and they've become rich and then all of a sudden, you know, it's you know, all these people come around that they don't even know that they had these family people. They're all of a sudden, they're all there in their family. They all want to come be with the rich people. Poor people always want to be rich. Poor people always want to be rich. If we could just be rich tonight, all of our problems would go away. How many people are saying that tonight in their homes? While they're traveling, while they're working day and night, destroying their own health, not living with any spiritual kind of mentality and destroying their marriages and their families. If they can just be rich. But you see, the Lord Jesus is rich and He enriches us who are His people. All things that the Father has are mine. Did you read that? All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that He takes of mine and will disclose it to you, speaking of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does. You know what? One of the most enriching things that you have in your life, and it's going on right now if you're listening truly spiritually, is you can hear the Word of God preached, you can read the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit takes of the Lord's riches and gives them to you and puts them in your mind. James says God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So I, I would give you, and I'm, going to just, I'm just going to run through this quickly, I have a number of other things to say, but I just want you to follow along in Ephesians chapter 1 how believers are made rich in Christ. It's right here. Here it is. You're the most spoiled people in the whole world. There's no preachers that do it like this. You're, you're spoiled people, but I'm going to do it anyway. I love you in Jesus. How are you made rich in Christ? I've given you the points right here. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's how we're made rich. We're chosen in Christ to be holy and blameless. That's how we're made rich. We're adopted as sons through Jesus Christ. We're adopted into the family of God. Spiritual adoption takes place. We become sons and daughters of God. We are children of God by adoption. That's the riches that come to us. We, we are bestowed sonship through Jesus Christ. I love the way that phrase is used by Paul. To the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed. The Lord Jesus doesn't charge interest for what He gives you. He bestows it on you freely. That's grace. That's the riches of His grace. We are redeemed and forgiven through the blood of Christ according to the riches of His grace. We are lavished. Now that's a good word because all of you grandparents and parents do this to your kids. You say you don't spoil them, but they're all spoiled. Every one of them. Think about how much you've already done at Christmas for your kids. And they won't even, if they're like mine, they always played with the box. They never even cared about what we bought them in the box. You lavish on your children because you love them. You lavish it. 
You pour it out. You put it on them. Do you not see how the Lord Jesus Christ in His riches of riches has lavished on you grace and mercy and kindness and salvation and forgiveness and adoption and redemption and wisdom and insight? He lavishes it on you. How can we turn away from the Lord Jesus Christ and serve anyone else when He lavishes us? We're enriched because we know the mystery of His will in Christ Jesus. The world doesn't. You do. And we are inheritors of heaven. We are inheritors of heaven. Ephesians 1, 10. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth and in Him. And also we have obtained an inheritance. I don't know how many times, and sadly, I remember sometimes as a pastor sitting with families and at the funeral home, which was a sad thing. And, and this happened a number of times in my ministry life. And the family was sitting there. Their loved one was hardly dead for hours, and they're already worried about who's going to have the inheritance. And they talk about it. You have obtained an inheritance, my Christian friend. What are you worried about? I don't think right. We're all confused these days. We're wringing our hands. We're living in fear. We're angry. We're bitter. We're unforgiving. We're critical. And the richest one of all has enriched you. He has given you everything, Peter said, that pertains to life and godliness. What else do you need? The Lord Jesus is rich. His riches are inexhaustible. It pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell. John 1.16, from His fullness we have received grace upon grace. It just keeps coming. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace! inexhaustible riches of the Lord Jesus. He is the richest of all. The Lord Jesus Christ is rich and He possesses everything. By the way, He is the permanent owner of everything. O Lord, how many are Your works and wisdom. You have made them all. The earth is full of Your possessions. That's just one example. So tonight... I stand to declare to you and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by saying the Lord Jesus Christ is the richest, wealthiest of all. So what do we need to remember? Well, I could have gone on for a whole page. The riches of Christ are incomparable riches. There's nobody. You can't compare the riches of Christ to anyone. The riches of Christ are inexhaustible. If you think you're rich... Set your, set your riches down beside the Lord Jesus Christ. The riches of Christ are inexhaustible. If you do that, it'll make you humble. That's what I'm trying to point out here. How do I get to humility as a rich American Christian? I look at the riches of Christ and I recognize I am nothing. And everything I have is a blessing from God. A gift. Granted to me, 
far as I know, none of you picked where you were going to be born. But in the sovereign purposes of God, you've been born in America. And at some point in your life, somebody shared the gospel and the gospel was preached to you and you were saved, praise God. So what do we do? The riches of Christ are soul-satisfying riches. You see, when you get rich on the world's things, you want more of it. You're never satisfied by it. But when you experience the spiritual riches of the grace and glory and goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is satisfaction. The riches of Christ are unsearchable and they're lasting. Proverbs 8.18 in that great, great uh, section glorifying the Lord Jesus as wisdom. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. You know what is the real wealth that you must have in the world? Wisdom. And some of us today, you need wisdom to live in the world we live in today. Your kids are counting on you to demonstrate what it means to live by faith in these days. Your children are counting on it. If they see in you fear and panic, how can you say you're a follower of Jesus? The riches of Christ are useful riches. The riches of, you know, some people have their money and they spend it on foolish things. The riches of Christ's grace increase gradually. You see, it just continues to grow. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. It's been lavished on you. You should go home tonight and get on your knees if you can. I can't, but you can if you can. And you should say, Lord, you have enriched me beyond my imagination. And I'm not talking about your house and your cars. I'm talking about your spiritual life and your soul. The, spiritual, the spiritually rich desire to be richer. That's why Peter said, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want more grace, more knowledge of the Lord. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of His saving love to me. More of His love who died for me. We used to sing that song. The riches of all, the richest of all, the Lord Jesus Christ, became the poorest of all, that those who believe in Him might become rich. Now I'm going to pause right here for a moment, and I'm going to take you on a little journey in your minds. 2 Corinthians 8 9, when Paul's talking about asking the Corinthian church to help with their giving, to... Uh, take care of some of the needs and he's raising the money and to help the Jerusalem church. He says, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. What's Christmas time? <laughs> the greatest of all contrasts. This is why I'm preaching on this tonight, just before Christmas. The richest of all became the poorest of all. How many rich people do that? Let me see. Born into a cattle trough, 
Now we're in Dixon. You know all the wonderful smells and joys of a cattle trough and the nastiness of it. There he lie. Stay with me now. He had no home. He had no place to lay his head. Homeless. He was supported by his disciples who provided for him meals and places to stay. He had to borrow a foal of a donkey to make his triumphal entry. He had to use a borrowed room to wash the disciples' feet and to spend the last Passover and perhaps many others through the days. And at the end, they stripped him of his few items he had. And soldiers argued over his outer garment. And we wonder if we're going to make it tomorrow. Will we make it? If we can just, can we just make it? Will we make it? Shame on us when we live such fearful, unbelieving lives. The richest of all became the poorest of all. And I didn't add it here, but I added it to my own notes because I want to finish with this things to remember. Only the poor in spirit become rich in Christ. Did you know that? Blessed are the poor in spirit, the Lord Jesus said. Are you poor in spirit? You'll never be rich in Christ if you don't recognize your poverty, your abject poverty in your soul. So what do I do with all of this, Pastor Mike? How do I live? Well, your Wednesday night, you get more points than the Sunday morning group. Live on the riches of Christ. Do you live on them? Live on the rich. <clears throat> you find all of these stories about those in Europe who, who their families were great landowners and lords and, and uh, all the rest uh, across uh, Europe. And their families lived on the riches of the estate. Live on the riches of Christ. By the work of the Holy Spirit in your soul. Live on. I pray that peace will cover your heart and mind in these days of confusion, misinformation, brainwashing, and lies. That's what I hope will happen to you. Live on the riches of Christ. Discover the riches of Christ by reading, studying, and meditating on God's Word. How did, how did David say it? Psalm 119.1 I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoils. I have tried my best tonight to give you one little nugget after another and you can take any one of these things and go home and think about it for a long time. This is, this is it. This is where we dig our gold. This is where we discover the wealth and spiritual riches that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to us as a result of being saved. When I have this, what else do I need? Regardless of where I live, what kind of clothes I wear, and where I work. 
Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you, Colossians 3.16, and rest in the riches of Christ. See, this is it. We're always worried about our money. Is it going to last? Is it going to all go away? And When I rest in the riches of Christ, I don't have any worries anymore. This is how you get peace of mind, my friend. You rest on the riches of Christ who has provided you an inheritance in heaven as a child of God. And oh, by the way, all of those other wonderful things that he's given you here. Draw on the riches of Christ. You know, it's great to go to the bank, isn't it? Man, you go in there. You put your card in. You know, when those things first came out, Pat showed me how to do it. She shouldn't have showed me how to do it because I was a young man, but she showed me how to do it. But, on our, but I didn't know she made an agreement with the bank. I only got to take out $20 at a time. Are you drawing on the riches of Christ? Well, there's no limit like I had for you to draw on the riches of Christ. Draw on the riches of Christ by approaching the throne of grace and asking for help in your times of need and delight in the riches of Christ by your union with Christ. What did the rich man say in the Lord Jesus story? Oh, that rich farmer. Man, he'd had a bumper crop. Well, I must build more barns. Right? Who knows what I'll do with all Look at this. Look at all this stuff I've got. Or maybe we go back to Daniel and the king who walked around on his roof and talked about how great his kingdom was. And then he became like an animal because he didn't glorify God. We delight in our possessions and the things we own and the money in the bank, but do you delight, do you delight in the riches of Christ? And then increase in the riches of Christ that are given to you. Increase them. Make use of them. What did the Lord tell us to, about, this, uh, about these stewards? I could have given you that one. I, I gave you Proverbs 10, 14 because it's the principle. The diligent hand makes rich. Apply all diligence in your faith. And you know, remember we spent all that time on things you need in 2 Peter. What did the Lord say? Okay, here's your talents. Here's your, I'm giving you this money. And I'm going to go on a journey. When I come back, I'll, I want you to give an account. Well, one fellow said, man, I tell you what, I'm just going to dig a hole in the ground and make sure I keep this one thing. The others doubled their, doubled their, what they'd been given to invest. Maybe that's the word I should have used. Invest in the riches of Christ. So Paul tells us here, and I love you in the Lord Jesus. I love you so much. I appreciate you and I thank the Lord for you. I'm trying to speak to you as your pastor. Tonight it was my honor to speak to you about the richest of the richest. The wealthiest of the wealthiest. The possessor of all things who owns it all. There's no real owner in here. It doesn't matter if you have a title. You've just, you just been loaned it for a while. Whatever it is. When you drive out to wherever you live tonight... 
Just remember, as you enter those, that road, it all belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And someday it'll be somebody else's. They'll change the name over that fancy farm of yours. And you'll be forgotten. So Paul says to us, To me, the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. And may the Lord give us wisdom in His Word. Heavenly Father, I've tried my best tonight to describe the indescribable. And if I have failed, forgive me, but I pray that you might take the Word of God and may the Holy Spirit of God take it and match it for all my friends listening who can't be here and for all of my friends who are here and for all who may listen to these words in the days ahead. May we draw on the riches, live on the riches, rest in the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we might be filled with the Holy Spirit of God and be your people in a dark, wicked, lost, broken world. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would come. But in the meantime, we thank you for enriching us with your riches so that we might have life and hope and joy and peace and an inheritance of fellowship and eternal life with you forever. Bless our fellowship now and our time together, and we thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year, and uh, hope to see you Sunday. And may the Lord bless you. Say hello to somebody on your way out. And um, if any of the rest of you want to bring me any bread to eat or any candy or whatever, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to t make that sacrifice, and I thank you for the dear ladies who've done that even tonight. God bless you. And I'll eat it, and then you can bring me some more. Anyway, I'm kidding. God bless you. Have a great week.